Hey, what's up, guys? This is John Ryan Kane, too, and this is Leading the Christian Leadership Podcast. What's up, everybody? God bless you. Welcome to another episode of Leading the Christian Leadership Podcast. I am your host, John Ryan Kane, too. Uh, we talk to Christian leaders on the show. And not just leaders in the traditional sense of, of, of leadership, like pastors and business leaders, but people with influence and people who are using that influence in a Christ-like way to shine all the glory and honor to Christ. Um, thank you for being with me today. Today, I am welcoming back uh, my friend Dustin Bass. He was on an earlier episode Last year in 2019, uh, I have really come to value Dustin's uh, opinion on things. And so today uh, we have a very interesting conversation and a long conversation. Today's probably uh, the, the longest show that we've had. It, it almost hit 90 minutes. And uh, so you know that it's good because I don't I don't talk that long. Usually I like to get you know to the point. And, and, and done with the conversation um, that it's rare for for example on a Sunday morning for my sermons to go any longer than like 35 minutes so it's a good conversation today we talk about uh, about a bunch of stuff uh, we talk about we dive into to a little bit of the, the the conversation of the persecution of the church which there is persecution in today's church uh, we talk about uh, the integrity of journalism we talk about biblical illiteracy in the American church as well as historical uh, illiteracy and the importance for Christians and, and people just in general to understand, History and so uh, we we do kind of focus a little bit more today on the American church. Um, and I, I say that because I know that I have some listeners in different parts of the world. By the way, I love you guys. Thank you for listening. Um, I, I just I, I did want to add that little disclaimer. Um, we've got some problems here in our country. I'm sure you've heard by now. Uh, so we get into some of that. Uh, Again, just a great conversation. So as always, please consider sharing this episode with somebody. Uh, leave a rating or a review. That helps out a lot. Like us on social media. Our social media handle uh, is um, at Leading Podcast. That's for Instagram and Facebook. So you can find us and connect with us there. All right. Enough of the intro. We're going to get right into the conversation. Um. Welcome back, Dustin. Thanks, man. You were on episode uh, 16, Embrace Truth with Ju Dustin Bass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought it was a great conversation. I thought I thought we, we hit it off in that moment, yeah. right? Um, ever since that, I think, you know, we, be, we became friends. We stayed in touch. We, mm -hmm. uh, uh, I started following some of the things that you were doing with your podcast, yeah. Sons of History, um, you started that Thursday night live chats, which is really interesting, really cool. Yeah, I was a part you of that. Were, I guess, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, probably the best Thursday night live chats. I would that like you to had. think so. <laughs> we talked about the uh, the role of the church mm -hmm. in American society, which was really cool. And then you uh, most recently started your own YouTube channel, right? Thinking it through. Yeah, thinking it through. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you're doing a lot of things. You're you're saying a lot of things. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that you're also started writing for the Epic Times. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, I mean, you've got, I got a lot to say, you've got a lot to say, man, you really do. And, uh, I, 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 I value a lot of what you have to say. I'm, I'm curious what kind of led you down that road of just bringing ideas, you know, 
in your thoughts into the world because it's usually fueled by something right you're yeah. either really mad about something you're fed up with mm-hmm. how the system is and and so you kind of take a a remonstrative approach or you're just you're just trying to educate people yeah what what was it for you would you say i think it was a i guess a combination of the two and i like to think that my entire life has led me to this point. <laughs> <laughs> now um here's the thing i think you and i discussed this to an extent um the first time i was on the show about how you and I sort of had a bit of a similar upbringing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Both, both, you know, raised up in the church, pastor sons. Um, and w- me and my family were always having biblical discussions. Um, and my brother, more so than me, sort of always questioned mm-hmm. a lot of stuff okay. um, within, within what we were taught. How, you know, is this really... right? Um, what the Bible says, or is this what the the church yeah, or the, the organization sure. says? Um, and so I think to an, to an extent, like that was always, that sort of just got into my spirit. And when I went into college, I wanted to become a journalist. Okay. And so being a journalist, you're researching, you're figuring, trying to figure out what the truth is about mm-hmm. a certain topic, situation. And now... Like you said, I, I, I put out a lot of a lot of content because I'm questioning mm-hmm. all the time stuff. Right. And nothing is as... I don't think anybody should ever take really anything on its face. Sure, yeah. I face agree. value is, is, is... There's very little value right. in face value. Yeah. And I, I'm talking from, from the church on down, um, sort of like my upbringing, just like you need to question... Everything. Everything. Because if you don't question, it's the Socratic method, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't question it, then you're not going to be able to dig into it to see what actually is the truth about it. Yeah. And we're getting to the point um, now in today's society where you're not even, you are shunned or you are shamed for questioning certain things. Right. It's just like, well, how, how am I supposed to know if you're telling me the truth sure. or if, or if um, the, the media or society or uh, history, mm-hmm. you know, I've been told this one thing in particular, and now, you know, I'm not even allowed to question it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's dangerous. Um, and so all of these things, I, I cover so many different topics. And so I do the Sons of History show with my friend Alan Joaquin, mm-hmm. and we we discuss a lot of stuff. We discuss you know various topics, but I started the thinking it through because I, you know I had my personal website which I still do DustinBass.me, mm-hmm. but it's all text, and you know how people are. Yeah, like they're not <laughs> that interested in doing a lot sure. of the right and in, in the reading, and so I was like, well, maybe I can just do video on these certain type of topics mm-hmm. uh, that I would end up writing about. And so I've been I've been doing that, okay. and um, yeah, I've been having having a little bit of success with that. For sure. Um, although that's not like a long term. That's sort of just a side thing. Mm-hmm. I was telling Jared, who's uh, my business partner uh, with Bastrap Media, and that sort of has helped too. Is like we already got the videos stuff right. to set up, and so I'm able to just do this yeah. thinking it through uh, right. YouTube podcast type of thing. And, and it looks was, great, by the way. I mean, the production oh, value you. looks, you know, it's on, it's on another level. Yeah. Well, fantastic. Yeah. Thanks. Um, on, on, on some of what you were saying, um, 
do you think, you know, today we're, we're living in, we still, we'll continue to live in the information age, but mm -hmm. that has also led to a lot of, you know, misinformation as well. And, uh, and, um, we hear a lot about, you know, fake news and, and stuff like that. And it's really hard for people to know if what they're being fed is actually true. Yeah. Right. And, uh, do you just kind of as a journalist yourself, do you think that there's just as a whole with the journalism, do you think it's kind of losing a little bit of its integrity? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. It's unfortunately, um, I, th I think journalism has lost a majority of its integrity. Um, it's, it's, it's to the point where, um, it's so political, mm -hmm. yeah. um, truth has become so politicized that journalists need not fear telling the truth. Mm -hmm. And I will, I, I did a, before I started the video, this is a number of years ago when the Trump dossier came out the Christopher Steele dossier came out. And I, I wrote about the fact that BuzzFeed News released the document in its entirety. And they mm -hmm. said, we'll leave this up to the American people to figure out. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the organizations, like the New York Times, the Washington Post, CNN, like mm -hmm. all of these media companies came out against BuzzFeed News and said, this is incredibly irresponsible. And I wrote about that um, they did this. Because this was the culmination to this point mm -hmm. where you could do that and not suffer any consequences. Because by that time, 2017, we had politicized everything so much that we have now, we've separated society into two parties. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, and I gave a rundown of how the, the rise of the internet and rise of social media has contributed to this. And there was sort of a study in, in, in sociology, more or less, is a big sociology study right there with, okay, how are people going to react to the truth? Mm -hmm. um, and the fact is, people don't react to the truth. They react to their political standing. Mm -hmm. Like, so if this sure. aligns with me and how I already feel, yeah. then I'm going to align with that. Sure. And so once BuzzFeed News released that, I was like, they're not going to suffer from that mm -hmm. because they are going to retain their audience that they already have. And so sure. they, they did not yeah. suffer from it. Um, they're still going strong, yeah. you know? And yeah, I think that was just sort of a, a case in point where journalists now and media companies now realize they don't even really have to tell the truth as long as they stick with what their politics, mm -hmm. you know, what their viewers and what sure. their readers are. Yeah. And this is kind of, um, I guess, uh, a, a 2.0 version of that first conversation that we were having with embracing truth, mm -hmm. right? Where we have come to the point and we're still here of this postmodern, uh, postmodernist era where, um, I'll embrace my truth, you know, and uh, if if what I'm if what I'm being fed aligned with my truth, well then I'm going to support it, mm -hmm. and if it doesn't, I'm going to cancel it. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it fake news. I'm not going to pay it any mind because right. it, it doesn't align with my with my views. And, mm -hmm. um, and we're we're going to get to the actual conversation that we had planned on having today, yeah. but you know, th hey, this we is, gotta this is, we gotta get this is a good one. Yeah, warm it up. Yeah, we have we have to right. <laughs> Um, you said, and, and I agree that this, this year alone has been incredibly, oh. uh, politicized. I mean, 
everything. everything. You go sit at a restaurant and I mean, you're criticized for doing it. And um, so the division is so insane where you said it, it's it's really just two parties, right? It, and it's like we're 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 at war with each other. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like we don't know how to people don't know how to disagree uh, to agree to disagree anymore. Yeah. It's just if you disagree with me, well, then that's you're just we're enemies, yeah. basically. And I think that sentiment has also made its way into the Christian church a little bit and mm-hmm. and uh, where we're more politically divided than we are you know, kingdom united. Right. Yeah. And uh, what are your what are your thoughts about that as it's made its way into the to the church? Um, I think it's sort of just inevitable, mm-hmm. um, sadly, because we've sort of let a lot of things of the world get into the church um, regardless. Mm-hmm. And so now that, at least in America, we've politicized everything, how could it not get into the church? You know, sure. people people are still going to be people um, regardless if they're Christian or not. Right. I mean, you're taught to deny yourself. Um, but that's still a really difficult thing. That's sure. the most difficult thing. Um take up your cross and follow me type mm-hmm. of thing. It's mm-hmm. just like, well, if I can put an R or a D on the cross, then, you know, mm-hmm. can I, will that, will that work? And I, yeah, I just, I think it's sort of inevitable. I think it's a shame that mm-hmm. that's the case, um, that we've allowed politics into the church so much. It's like, look, Religion and politics are two things that people are supposed to not really talk about in, in mixed company. Mm-hmm. But it's like those two things need to be talked about more than anything. Sure. Um, and I think politics has its place in the church. Mm-hmm. I really do. Yeah. Um, I think there are things that need to be discussed because this is affecting everybody's individual lives, sure. their family lives, um, their cities, the whole nation. I think those those conversations need to be had. I don't think the church should shy away from sure. politics. Mm-hmm. The division that comes with it, however, when you say, because I belong to a particular party, I am not willing to hear the truth about that mm-hmm. said party in a negative sense. Sure. So I'll just go to another church yeah. to people who align. Like, well... That's that's no good. Yeah. Um, you need to have it to where you're having these conversations like here's what this party platform stands for. Mm-hmm. Here's what this group stands for. And I know that you may think otherwise, but here's the truth of it. And that is the type of conversation that's not allowed. Yeah. And as as Christians, we we need to be bigger than that. We need to be able to just sit back relax to an extent and just listen sure and then say okay well here's you're right or you're wrong and here's why i agree yeah <clears throat> you know that that shouldn't be that shouldn't be that difficult i have a lot of friends and we are on polar opposites mm-hmm. ends of the political spectrum and we'll sit there and we'll talk but we we communicate we talk to each other right. we converse right and it's the whole like now I'm not I'm not meaning this as like and they're like look man I know I, and don't worry about that yeah. don't worry about upsetting Hurting me feelings, you're not yeah. you know I want to know what you think 
And I think when you when you get down to the point where you know how people think about certain things, you come to an understanding. Um, and it's not an understanding. I don't want people to confuse that with an acceptance. Mm-hmm. But there is an understanding. It's like, wow, this person who I'm very close to thinks this way. Sure. And it's wrong. <clears throat> and so how do I go about addressing that? Yeah. You know? I, I, think, I think having healthy conversations like that, it's just, it's not... It hasn't been made the standard. Uh, I think the standard right now is very uh, one-sided mm-hmm. where, I mean, I, I long for a podcast to listen to where there's both sides of, 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 of the debate, yeah. you know, having a healthy conversation so I can hear both sides. A lot mm-hmm. of times it's, it's mostly one person who's you got millions of followers who's yeah. just, you know, speaking, speaking his point of view. Yeah. And if you feed all of, if you feed nothing but one person or one idea into you, well, obviously that's what you're probably going to output as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have to kind of, you know, be intentional about the things that I listen to, make sure that I'm listening to the other side of the conversation because I want to be able to hear, you know, every, every side of it. Yeah. Even if I come with my pre- presuppositions, I, I still want to hear your side of it. And I think that that is just, it's just not the standard yet. I think, mm-hmm. you know, you have, you have, uh, right-wing media you have left-wing media and whatever you watch that's what you're going to be fed you don't have healthy conversation dialogues going on so i think we need to be better at that i mean Mm -hmm. even even preachers you know i'm 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 a pastor and when i preach i'm going to preach based off of my interpretation of 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 the word and and that's going to be pretty much every church that you go to yeah right and so i think that maybe we just need to make it the standard where people are having healthy conversations because the conversations that are, are being had on social media, mm-hmm. you know, in the comment section and they're just, they're terrible. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's even the trolls. I mean, like even the people who aren't trolls are trolls. Yeah. <laughs> that's what's, that's what's bizarre. It's like, you're not even a Russian bot. Like you are an actual individual, you know, whom I know personally, you know? And so it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty wild times. And here's the thing that really irritates me um, within within the church. I think within the church more than anywhere else okay. is a misinterpretation of what it means to be a Christian. Hmm. And it's you are required to have hard conversations, not sure. live in a in on, on cloud nine. Yeah. You know, you are required to correct sure. your brother yeah. or your sister. And we've gotten to the point, and you have a lot of Christians, uh, and I have come across these these people. Um, they're friends of mine. And it's just like, you don't want to have a hard conversation. Like, let me, let me set this straight. Theology is a hard conversation. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's the hardest conversation because it deals with eternity. Right. So these are conversations that you need to be having. You need to be having hard, difficult conversations. That's the only way to get wiser. Yeah. That's the only way to be a better human being is that if you are willing to have difficult conversations. And if you're not willing to do that, then even if you are out and about in society, even if you show up to church every Sunday and every Wednesday night or however often your church doors are open, it's like... Mm-hmm. You're not. You're not going to. You're not going to grow. Right. You're going to be in an echo chamber, surrounded by people with different ideas, and yet you are not going to be willing right. to have those conversations. And that is something that 
you have to have. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a must. Well, we forget that G- that's exactly what Jesus did. He came and d- disrupted the norm, right? And he even he even tells his disciples that don't don't think that I came to bring a peaceful message. This yeah. is not a peaceful message. This is a message that is going to divide families, you know, mm-hmm. brothers against sisters and fathers and, and mothers and all. Yeah. It, it's going to is going to divide us because it's the sword. yeah, it is. It, it's exactly what it is. It's the sword, and we. Uh, I think we forget about that part because we, you know, we, we think of Jesus as, you know, the Prince of Peace. You know, he came yeah. to, to bring peace. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, but that when he came, I mean, he, chaos is when, <laughs> when, when everything started. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, I think the thing there to, to realize is that Jesus came to bring a truth method, uh, message, right? And so sometimes the truth hurts, sometimes the truth divides but what are we to do to, yeah. are we just, just shy away from it because if we are then what is the point of being the church mm-hmm. who's supposed to be bringing the gospel of christ which is the truth and we've stepped into the role of pontius Pilate. Mm. yes we've we've yeah. we've done we do two things in the church now we say oh, what is truth and then we just walk away mm-hmm. and we don't even want to deal with the conversation yeah this is like and it's like what is what is truth truth is jesus christ mm-hmm. Jesus Christ is truth. There is no separating the two. Like, well, when it comes to politics or when it comes to social issues or when it comes to whatever, it's like you can't separate the two, man. It's like if the truth is there, Jesus Christ is there with it. Mm -hmm. Because why? He is the truth. Yeah. There's no, and and that's the thing is like people don't want to look at that as if, you know, well, Jesus Christ is not going to deal with, like, Mm -hmm. God created truth <clears throat> satan comes in to pervert right. and create falsehoods it's like so what side are you going to align yourself with because you want to believe that god doesn't deal in politics because mm-hmm. god doesn't deal in social issues like dude it's all one of the, it's it's right. either true or it's false it's good or it's evil mm-hmm. and you ha- and it's not i'm not saying that it's so easy to figure out right it's not it's not yeah i mean it is a deep issue that you have to sort of take that sword yeah what is what is you know paul say a workman need not be ashamed rightly dividing mm-hmm. the word of truth so it's like you're using the bible to base everything that you live your life by right there so you use that sword to cut through That's everything right. and if you're not using that um then, then you're not going to get to the truth. And so like I was saying, like the, the whole question of Pontius Pilate, when he says, you know, cause Jesus says, anyone who's on the side of me is with the truth, mm-hmm. you know? And he's like, well, what is truth? And then he just walks away. Mm-hmm. And we have gotten to the point where we're, we're less like Jesus and we're more like Pontius Pilate. Yeah. And you know, I think part of the reason that so many people are afraid to speak up is maybe because they're not confident. Um, and this kind of goes back to, to, to the foundation of truth, right? And understanding why, what you believe is, is true. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people probably just don't know why. And so it's just what they believe. But when it comes time to defending it, well, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to do that. So I'm just not going to say anything. Yeah. And I guess this is a, this is a really good segue into to the conversation of today. Um, <laughs> heck of a segue. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, because we're, we're talking about illiteracy biblical illiteracy mm-hmm. and um historical illiteracy 
uh, that's that's really I want to I want to bring a conversation on the significance of of history. And I know that when I said that, that might have, you know, I probably just last lost half my listeners because history is uh, history is yeah. boring, right? right? But hear me out. Um, you know, the church has had a very heavy influence on the world. You know, today and just throughout, you know, the last two millennia, right? It, it has shaped so much of our culture and our societies. Um, but a Christian living t- today, mm-hmm. there's so much that we can be influenced by. There's so much that we're being fed, right? Yeah. Just just on this tiny device, this this iPhone. I mean, I can I, I can receive just junk or yeah. or or not junk, you know, stuff yeah. that's going to really you know help me out. But it, we're just so ex- exposed to it, and. Uh, so I would argue that if we're exposed to all of these things, um, but we don't have biblical literacy, mm-hmm. our Christianity um, can quickly become something that it was never meant to look like. Yeah. Um, it can become, uh, what's the word? Uh, wimpy, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, but also history, which is kind of your forte, mm-hmm. uh, has its significance as well. And uh, uh, yet many Christians remain historically illiterate we don't mm-hmm. we don't know uh, a, a lot of americans don't understand the constitution they yeah. don't they don't know where we come from they don't i mean they don't know anything they're yeah. they're illiterate when it comes to history uh and so if we combine the two biblical illiteracy historical illiteracy, uh i, I think we're in for a very ugly future mm-hmm. so um i remember and the future's here and the future's here yeah, yeah. We're, we're here we're, we're living in it and yeah. it's pretty ugly now yeah um I remember on our first conversation, you had said, uh, you mentioned your podcast, The Sons of History, which is great, by the way. I, I, I listened to it. Um, God bless you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you, had said, you had said that in school, in grade school, you weren't a very good student, uh, which I, I neither was I. went into college, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I was never a great student, either. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think for most adults, the bulk of what they learn comes after school. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said rec- it was only recently that you took an interest in history. And I, I never asked you why that sudden interest. Yeah. You know, I, I, th- I think to an extent, um, the sudden interest was sort of a, like I said earlier, like a culmination. Um, growing up, studying the Bible, having a, a real appreciation for the Bible, mm-hmm. for the stories in the Bible, um, and then moving into, into journalism. And this just love for research and studying um, and looking into stuff. Sure. Like I really thoroughly enjoyed that. I was trash in school, like utter garbage. Like I just, my, my study skills were terrible and it's primarily because nothing really interested me mm-hmm. except writing. Mm-hmm. Writing interested me, okay. but writing, if you're writing fiction, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you don't really re- require <laughs> a lot of knowledge as far as research and stuff like that now of course we're like authors if if any writers out there like oh no no yeah it depends on the subject matter obviously you got to research but it eventually got to the point where i i it was a step-by-step process um i i really thoroughly enjoyed doing research and um and writing writing articles um and I guess case in point would be like the steroid era of baseball, mm-hmm. right? Where people made it seem like all of a sudden the game had been tainted as if never before, as if nothing ever before that had, you know. Mm-hmm. 
and you see this moral superiority among people from the past um, who acted like, you know, the game has now changed and, and, you know, we can't believe that you did this. It's just like, well, if you go back, like there are a lot of cheating eras Mm -hmm. throughout baseball. Yeah. I mean, you had scuffball, spitball, you had the Black Sox, you know, throwing the World Series for money. And you're like, the game has had its issues. Sure. And that's fine. You move on. And it's like, but without knowing the history of the game, you wouldn't understand that the steroid era was really just another era of cheating, mm-hmm. another cheating scandal. And it's just part of the game. And it should be removed from the game, yes. Mm-hmm. But it's just part of the it's part of the game. It wasn't this absolutely pure game that people were, had been playing for a hundred years, yeah. When and then all of a sudden things went awry. No, it's just like, look, that's that's what it is. And so I think that was another another thing that sort of led me into the direction of of history, is, you know, I I, I read mostly just just fiction, but I also almost really just liked the classics, just like the old fiction. Um, and I'm not talking going back, you know, to Dumas or whatever. You know, I'm talking, you know, sort of the mm-hmm. mid 20th century Ernest Hemingway, okay. Faulkner type of classics, right? And really enjoyed reading that. So I had a love for history, and I had a love for um, sort of like what did they they say you've got an old spirit or an old soul, mm-hmm. you know? Because I love boxing. I love the history of boxing. My grandfather uh, played a big role in that. Because he would talk about the boxing era of his day of, you know, Joe Lewis and then Ali, you know, in, in, that, in that range. And we talk about that quite often. Uh, my grandfather was a, was, he loved history. He wrote a book on, on the book of Revelation. But all of that stuff that is in the future mm-hmm. relies heavily on the past. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so you've got the Babylonian Empire up to the Roman Empire. Right. Um, and so there was just this love of history already there before I got into history being my thing. Um, and eventually, you know, I ran into Alan and we decided, and he had been a history buff and he studied history for decades. Mm -hmm. And we both were like, look, we love history. We see the issues at hand. We see how people are coming out of school and college, not having a clue about the very country that they live in, mm-hmm. um, having no appreciation really for the country that they live in. They may they may love the country, but it's it's one thing to love something and not know why you right. love it. Sure, you know it's one thing to love Jesus Christ and not know why you right. do, and have no idea why he came to Earth, have no idea why he died or mm. the significance of him rising again, and so. It's sort of along the same lines. I, I see direct parallels between an appreciation for this country and appreciation for Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, and the Constitution is our country's Bible. Right. You know, and the Declaration of Independence and a lot of the other, you know, documents. But those, that's the Bible for yeah. this country. And a lot of people, much like Christians, haven't read the Bible. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. yeah and I, I think, I think uh, that is one of the reasons that, that we study history. 
Um, and, and when I say history, I, I'm, I'm also talking about, you know, uh, you know, biblical history. Well, the Bible is history. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, you, you said something really important there that, that people don't understand sometimes why they love Jesus. Mm-hmm. They just know that, that they do. Yeah. They just know that Jesus loves me, so I love him too. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and it's like, but when you really understand it, and this is why I love studying the word and I'm mm-hmm. a, I'm a student of theology and, yeah. and I've studied theology and the, the more, you know, the more background, the more insight, the more context you, you, um, inquire, um, or acquire the more appreciation you have for it. Uh, because that, that is your, your, your foundation is, is getting stronger. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, <clears throat> You you don't you act you actually know the why behind everything now correct uh, and, and so I think that's a really important reason to you know to study uh, uh, scripture to study history um, and I, I do want to ask you because you know we uh, we've often heard you know people say uh, that if if you don't know history you risk repeating it mm-hmm. right and I I'll admit when I when I heard that when I was a kid I, I never really understood it like yeah. why why would we risk repeating it? Um, and as I got older, I realized that it wasn't so much the events mm-hmm. that took place in history that that taught us much. I mean, obviously, it, it taught us something. It ta- taught us what happened, mm-hmm. but the lessons there are what's important, yeah. right? That's what we that's what we take from, and that's mm-hmm. what we that's what we learn from. I mean, think about it. If 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 a person has bad spending habits, right? If they're always in debt, if they can never get ahead, um, and they never learn that that is their why, that that is that is the lesson to be learned as to why you're in this position. Well, then they're always going to be in that position, right? Yeah. They're always going to be doing the same thing because they never learned. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think that's why you know people people say that, that yeah. if you if uh, um, you don't know the history, you're going to risk repeating it. Are you think there are any other reasons that you would say, um, for us to really kind of dig in, um, to the, to, uh, to history? I think, um, one of the main reasons is so that we can repeat history. We can repeat the good things. Okay. Um, interesting. (laughs) There are, because there are so many times where because history is made by people sure so and that's what i don't think is really conveyed across the board it's just like well why why should i know this why should because as as time has gone by everything on the outside of us has changed Mm -hmm. but nothing has changed on the inside of we are all dealing with the same emotions, the same passions that those who went thousands of years before us were dealing with. Mm-hmm. So how do we take from what they did and apply it to today? And I think one of the one of my favorite stories from George Washington, who Alan, Alan he, he says, aside from Jesus Christ, I think George Washington was the greatest person to ever live. And when you read any biographies about him, and I encourage people to read Ron Chernow's, um Washington Alive, it's an incredible one-volume book on Washington's life. Um, but one of the stories 
about him, which was while he was the commander of the Continental Army, mm-hmm. was what was known as the Conway Cabal. And the Conway Cabal was these, these three men, generals, who wanted to usurp Washington, remove him from power, and have themselves in, yeah. instead, right? And there was a lot of stuff going on at the time. Even the Continental Congress was playing into the hands of Thomas Conway. Um, And Washington utilized patience and integrity to such an extent that all three of those little dominoes fell. And it's an incredible story into how to deal with your enemies, mm-hmm. especially enemies who aren't out to actually kill you. They're just out there to take you down yeah. in some way. And it, it ends on such a great note that Thomas Conway writes a letter. He had been threatening to resign. And eventually the Continental Congress had been, become so just annoyed by him. They finally accepted his resignation mm-hmm. letter. And so he had, then he had written something derogatory about Washington. And one of Washington's close friends took that guy to task. Washington was like, I'm not going to go after this guy. But one of his friends, and I think it was one of his soldiers, uh, officers, took him to task on it. And they did a duel. And the guy shot Thomas Conway in the mouth. Didn't kill him, but shot him in the mouth. And it was so ironic and perfect at the same time mm-hmm. that just like all of his enemies destroyed themselves. Mm-hmm. And so I think that is 250 years ago and it applies so directly to today. So that's why I say know your history, not so much that you know you won't repeat it, but so that you can also repeat it. Right. Because there's so many valuable lessons sure. in history that can teach us, okay, this is how you deal with people. Like, well, no, no, that was like 200 and something years ago. It doesn't matter. Yeah, You're still dealing with pride. You're still dealing with lust. You're still dealing with anger and revenge and all of these things. And here's how, here are some of the steps that you can right. take to win. And that's what we do with when we preach. That's what we do. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we look at ancient stories and we try to take um, a very, very different time and in, in culture mm-hmm. and uh, scene and apply it to today. That's that's what we do. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that you kind of you know turn, flip that around, yeah. but that's it's 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 true. I mean, we there's there's obviously bad that we don't want to repeat, yeah. uh, and we want to learn from the mistakes of people, but we also want to learn from the victories of people. Right. Um, and I think that that's lost in school when 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 history is being taught. You're yeah. just being taught dates and, and 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 things that took place, but never so much the lesson from mm-hmm. them. And I think that's why um, it, it's it's so boring for it was I, yeah. I hated yeah. history. Yeah. When Brutal. I was in yeah. It, it was it Likewise. was terrible. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm more of a person kind of kind of like you. I, I I like I like the story behind it all. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, because that's 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 real. That's something that I can relate to. Um, so I mean, I'm sure I already know your your answer to this. But do you think that we've done? Oh, do you? <laughs> I think so. I think you pretty much answered it. Uh, well, I, I'll say this: if we look at history, um, or if we look at scripture, mm-hmm. 
that's all we're going to find is history, right? Th- yeah. These events that really did happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a lot of times I, I find it, I, I find it pretty bizarre when people say things like, well, they'll point to the Bible and they say, well, look, there's, there's the, the Bible's filled with murder, rape, incest, right? And it's like, okay, well, is that, that's not, that's not God approving of these things. This is what, this is what people did. Mm-hmm. And it's just there recorded in, in the scriptures, right? Um, and uh, we read the Bible again for the lessons in the Bible, uh, whether people did good, bad, you know, there's always something to learn from that. And, and history is, is, is the same way. Um, so do you think that we've done a poor job of telling people why it's important uh, to learn these things? Um, and again, I think we just talked about it. Um, but, uh, you know, what can be done different? Yes, I'll add that little caveat to the question. What can be done different in schools, or um, really, I mean, where, in, like, in schools or in out out of school? Yeah. I mean, because um, you know, people people in church, for example, you know, kids in church yeah. who are in school, um, and and perhaps they're, you know, I don't know if the system is going to change. Mm-hmm. You know, where where history is taught differently. How do we how do we encourage people to take an interest yeah. in this stuff because it's so important. Well, I think um, to answer your question, yes, we've done a very poor job, right. and it is it is dates and what happened. Like, okay, what well, you're wanting us to memorize the dates? You know how impossible that is. Yeah, you know, for <clears throat> a vast majority of people, I forget my anniversary sometimes. <laughs> exactly. Like, I to this day, I I probably I really can't tell you my parents' birthday. Yeah, and I've known them for quite some time. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like I know my dad's is in November and my mom's like. <laughs> I think it's in February, Hopefully but she's she going to be so to upset if she hears this. <laughs> but the thing is, we are teaching history wrong, mm-hmm. and and it's and it's a it's a real disservice. Like you can look at the statistics. Um, the National Center Center for Educational Progress um, states that U.S. history is the one subject that suffers the most among graduating seniors, 12%. 12% are proficient wow. in U.S. history, and that's in America. That's mm-hmm. in the U.S. Not world history, <laughs> not German history, U.S. history, 12% are proficient. And it's like, you, 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 you've got to be kidding me. Mm-hmm. That's great. And for people to like sit around and be like, Hey, I wonder why people are running around the streets, you know, burning stuff, yeah. and, you know, destroying you know, all these properties and pulling down these statues, Confederate statues and Frederick Douglass statues. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, look at the numbers, 12%, you know, you know, it, it, it is alarming. Yes, we are. We have done a very bad job of teaching history. Because we're relying on, okay, all right, here's who was in power, here's what happened, yeah, and the date's going to be on the test, yeah. Instead of digging into the whys, sure, the whys of why it happened, like taxation without representation. That's all. All right, we're going to move on. We're going to move on from the American Revolution. It's like. Taxation without representation was a major aspect of why mm-hmm. we declared our independence. Sure. But freaking Thomas Jefferson 
wrote, you know, with, with the help of four others, wrote the Declaration of Independence, and they listed all of the reasons why that they were de declaring yeah, their yeah. independence. Good point. It's all there. And guess what? Nobody knows it. They only know all men are created equal. Yeah. And life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And then after those two things, like a majority of people have no idea what it says. Sure. And it is such a great and incredible document that is not strictly for the U.S., but it's pretty much for all of mankind, for every nation to say, look, here's why we are declaring our independence, and this is required of us. Mm -hmm. He says that in the, in, the, in the first paragraph. This is required of us to let everybody know why exactly we're declaring our independence when mm -hmm. in the course of human history. You know, so it's like they're not just saying it's just us that is declaring this, but we're, we're saying, be, referencing all of history, when in the course of human history, and it's like, everyone's had to do this. Mm -hmm. So we must too. Yeah. And it, it comes down to, if you're not telling the whys, then people are not going to care. It is going to come down to, all right, why do I got to learn this? You have to learn it because it's you. Mm -hmm. That's why you have to learn this. Because you're no different, man, woman, mm -hmm. you know, you're no different. This is, history is a story of us. Right. And so if you don't know who we were, then you're not going to know who you are. Right. And I, you know, I think going back to what you were saying here on, on the why, you know, I, I teach a, I teach a, uh, an apologetics class, um, <clears throat> which is, I, I, thoroughly enjoy apologetics. I've always loved it. Yeah. Um, and really big, you know, Robbie Zacharias was alive yeah. last time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Talked. When we were talking. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I, that I mentioned to, to our students is that, you know, everybody has a reason for why they believe something. Mm -hmm. It doesn't always mean it's a good reason, but there is a reason. And depending on what your why is, that's going to determine the way that you live your life, mm -hmm. right? If, if uh, you know, if you if you believe something because, and the reason that you believe it is because someone else told you that's the way that it is, mm -hmm. or because society has shaped your your view on it, um, that's the reason, you know, and that's mm -hmm. that's going to determine what you do. That's going to determine. You know, speaking to, to today, whether or not you go out and, and, and destroy businesses and set, you know, businesses on fire mm -hmm. um, because you, you have a reason. Yeah. But is it is it based on on truth? Right. And that that is really the heart of the issue mm -hmm. here is is knowing the why. But like 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 the why. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, kind of <coughs> uh, going uh, going moving moving forward here from from history to kind of uh bringing in the, the the bible into it mm -hmm. um i think that this is this is a really huge problem also for the church um combining combining both you know uh, a lack of knowledge in history uh, and, a, and a lack of of knowledge in, in the word um um and i think that the church i think that the church has has always faced persecution. Mm -hmm. I think it faced persecution today. Um, what would you say is the most concerning threat today in specifically in our country, in, in the American church? So I've, uh, we've discussed this on, on the sons of history 
Um, I had a pastor. I've actually had two pastors now, uh, you and, and another, um, discussing this very thing. I think in this country, the single most, um, the single biggest threat to the American church is the American church. Mm. And it's because we are not even, and I, there are some out there that, that do, but I think in large part, we're not even recognizing the persecution. And I have had pastors say, we don't know what persecution is. Mm-hmm. Discounting all that is taking place, right? And to me, that is a real chilling moment. Sort of a wake-up call for me to look at the pastors and the organizations who are seemingly fine with the government, which if you want persecution, who's going to do it? The government. That is how it's always been. And, you know, from a monarchy to a theocracy, you know, to, to communism. Mm-hmm. You are saying, we don't know what persecution is in America. Yeah, we do. We know what it is. Yeah. And we're ignoring it. <clears throat> and I think that that is the single biggest threat in the U.S., is that we're not even acknowledging the threat. We're saying we aren't being lined up against a wall and shot. Yeah. We aren't being forced into our houses and then drug out of our houses by the government and thrown into prison and being executed. It's not happening. That's not happening. No, that's not happening. But what is happening is a slow progression toward that. And we aren't even acknowledging it. We are fools to even think that that's even possible. We're protected by the Constitution. Well, guess what? Like a lot of countries were protected by their Constitution. A lot of countries were protected by whatever. And guess what? Those things fell apart. I think it will be, it is much, much more difficult here in the U.S. because of how we've structured everything. Our founding fathers, the brilliant men, who put it together, structured it, made it extremely difficult for an all-out persecution. But it's like, you're ignoring the churches that are being set on fire. You're ignoring the, the rhetoric from certain political sure. angles. You're ignoring the abuses taken against the Catholic Church, against the Protestants, against the ev- evangelicals. Mm-hmm. And we've got, you know, the pastors are like, they're shutting down our churches because it's for the best. And it's just like, you're not even acknowledging the fact that not only is this with or without the constitution an infringement on your rights, but with the constitution, it's an infringement on the first amendment. Mm -hmm. And you're fine with that. Like, oh, no, we're not, we're not fine. Yes, yeah, you are, because you're not even making a deal out of it. And the thing is, it's almost as if, and I I mentioned this to a pastor friend of mine, I said, so you're a fatalist. Because he's like, well, the book of Revelation says that it's inevitable, blah, 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 right? 
It's inevitable where? Everywhere? Must it be inevitable in every single country? With or without a fight? Like, so what you're saying is you are almost, you are inviting persecution into your life as if it's a good it's gonna, thing. It's going to happen anyways. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, it's going to happen anyways. It's for the best. You know, the church, and, and that's the whole idea. Like the church becomes stronger through persecution. Okay. That may be true, but guess what? What did Jonah go to Nineveh for? Mm -hmm. To preach to them for the incoming judgment, the incoming persecution that God was going to give them. What did they do? They repented. Right. And we're like, so all you got to do is, is repent and he will heal your land, you know? And it's like, we're not even, we, we want the persecution because we want some moral high ground so we can compete with Russia and China. Those Christians, we can compete with the Cambodian Christians. Like, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. The thing is, like, you've got millions of people over the past century plus who have stormed this country so that they could get away from persecution. They weren't in these other countries saying, man, thank God yeah. for persecution. I'm so glad that they just chopped my daughter's head off. Like, it's, it is insane it is absolutely asinine to me for people to embrace this idea that through via persecution i'm going to somehow become more respectable in the kingdom of of god what happens to you know he is no respecter of persons yeah it's like this is such a foolish thing if Walter Williams stated it really well in a foreword for The Law by Frederick Bastiat. And he said, if liberty falls in America, it's destined to fall everywhere. The founding fathers said, this is the last asylum for the world. If we say, bring on the persecution because we want to stand up higher morally, we want to be considered with those of the Roman persecution of the early church. And what you're saying is those in China, those in Russia, those in Africa, you've got no place to go now. Mm -hmm. You're not doing the Christian church a favor. Yeah. You're doing them a disservice. Sure. Um, so I, I want to ask you to um, kind of talk about some aspects of what the what that persecution actually looks like i've heard i've heard you talk about this before um but you know i, I think i think when people say those things like we're not being persecuted yeah. uh and you, are, you already mentioned it people have a very narrow-minded view of what persecution should look like mm -hmm. oh well it means i'm i'm getting in prison because i'm i'm, I'm having church yeah. or I'm, I'm being killed and flogged and beaten out in the streets because you know i'm presenting the gospel message mm -hmm. um that's not that's that's an aspect of persecution that is persecution um but it, persecution I, I would say and i think you'd say can evolve mm -hmm. um and it and it has um and so i want you to kind of if you could just speak to some aspects of of what you mean by persecution uh in america so that people i think there's people listening they might be saying well i don't what do you what do you what do you mean exactly? Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure you have plenty of examples. Yeah, I mean there there are plenty of, of examples, and it and it goes back to just even recent history. Let's just stick with the 20th century. You silence the voices of dissent. 
Well, how do you, how do, you do that? Well, you, um, one, you physically silence their, their voices um, in crowds, uh, in publications, in the media. You don't, you don't get to have a voice um, for truth or even just dissent, um, a, an opposing view. And that's what's happening here in the U.S. And, and I, I've mentioned this a number of times, uh, just like on my personal stuff and on, on the history show, is you have um, media companies. So during this lockdown, churches said, well, we can still do our services online. True can use YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's great. But these are privately owned companies. They can do whatever they want to, technically. Although, technically, they, they can't because there was a, there was a law um, in 1996, I believe that was passed, that, that ensured that these, these companies, these Facebook, these social media companies were actually supposed to be public forums online. And they've totally done away with that, um, that idea. And so it's like these companies are anti-Christian. Like just listen to how they talk and what they say. Yeah, but Dorsey was, was a Catholic. So yeah, guess what? Like Stalin was also in the seminary he was also learning. So was Hitler. So it's like, I don't care how you started, you know, Kim Il-sung's like parents were ministers. And guess what? Yeah. He turned North Korea into a, into a paradise. So it's like you have these companies that are hosting your church services. And if we're not blind to it, hopefully, they're just shutting every, all these voices down. Like if you say something that's against a certain sure. narrative, yeah. You're eliminated from, or you're fact-checked, and there's a screen on there. Or it's considered hate speech. Or it's considered hate speech. And it's like, why do you think that you're safe with your social media platforms and your church services on there? Like, why do you think that they're going to just continue to allow you to preach on there? They're not. Eventually, that's going to go away. One of them is going to make a move, and they're going to eliminate it. Hate speech. Mm-hmm. Anything that tells you you can't live a certain way now is hate speech, right? And so that's going to go away, suppression of the voice. And then you create this division. Hello, like not everyone in this country is a Christian. And a lot of them, a lot of people hate Christianity. Mm-hmm. They hate the Bible. Right. And they hate Jesus. They hate the true Jesus. There's a lot of, you know, these... I don't even know what they are because uh, they're not Christians, but they act like they know a lot about Jesus. And like, well, Jesus would never have done that. And like, take a moment, go through the Gospels yeah. and tell me what he would have done, you know. And so you have the, the silencing of, of voices and then you have um, just, just shame. Um, you, you shame people. Mm-hmm. And then there are the steps to where this is so bizarre. It's like, I know you mentioned, you know, people think of persecution as, you know, you're tossed into jail or you're beaten or whatever. That's happening mm-hmm. here yeah. in the U.S. Like your yeah. churches have 
been shut down mm -hmm. by the government, and if you refuse, you're arrested and thrown into jail. Like, so this is happening. This yeah. is persecution at the level that people identify persecution with. Mm -hmm. But at an even a more alarming level is that you feel this shame by other people to preach the gospel. Say what the Bible says. Like, you can't say... I've even heard Christians say that, like, oh, you can't say that. Now, it may not be, like, according to the Bible, but it's the, the phrasing. You can't say that. Like, hmm. What do you mean I can't say that? Like, I, this is America. Do you know how much we've sacrificed in order for me to say this thing? That yeah. may upset you or offend you? Like, and we've slowly but surely gotten into this political correctness, which... Uh, I always have a hard time saying his name, but he's, uh, his name is Slavoj Zizek. Hmm. Um, and he's, he's quote unquote, he's supposed to be a communist theorist or whatever. He's supposed to be a communist, but he's such a, he sounds like a libertarian more than anything. Um, but he's a political theorist. Um, and I can't exactly remember what Eastern country he is. I think it's close to Russia. Um, but he says that, um, Political correctness is a new form of fascism, yeah. and it is. And we've indulged in political correctness for the past number of decades, and it's gotten worse and worse and worse yeah. to where all of a sudden you can't say, you can't say anything. You can't say anything to an extent. And now that has crept fully, not even crept, it's leaped into the church and people are like, yeah, this is, this is how it's supposed to be. And it's sort of this Hegelian, Frederick Hegel, Hegelian method of historical evolution to where, you know, the idea of evolution is that you remove the bad things in the species in order to attain a more perfect species. Mm -hmm. And Frederick Hegel had this theory that that's what happens with history with mankind is that eventually we get rid of all of the negative stuff and we become a more perfect race species. Mm -hmm. It's just like, no, it's true. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's false because we're the same, but we have to have history on our side to learn from those things. And it sort of goes back to the beginning of the, yeah. it's just like, and people think that po political correctness plays into that. So it's just like, no, this is part of our evolution of becoming a better and more perfect human race, that we're all inclusive and we're just, we're, it's a utopia. Hmm. And it's like, that's based on a demonic lie. There is no truth in any of that. Yeah. Uh, I, I think people don't realize that um, political correctness is, is, can be the death of Christianity, because I mean, if you think about it, you you can't you can't even say the name of Jesus mm -hmm. some places. I mean, you or or at the very least, it's it's very very discouraged. Like don't 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 bring Jesus into the workplace. Don't bring yeah. Jesus uh, into the schools. Mm -hmm. And if we're not able to say the very name of Jesus, how how much less are we going to be able to bring the message that Jesus preached? Yeah. And so if we're silenced from even saying the name, then we're absolutely going to be silenced from bringing the message and if we're silent from bringing the message then i mean what do we do well yeah. all we're doing is having churches and boxes and and 
and we're not able to get the truth out to where it needs to be delivered to. Um, and so I, I, I agree. I think that's a very, it's a very scary place and I, we're in a very scary place. And, and I think, uh, I, I honestly, I don't even think it's, it's on the surface anymore. I think we're, we're kind of in it. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, and I think, I think go, not to cut you off, no, but I think it. that right there is the most important thing mm -hmm. is acknowledging that we are no longer heading toward it, yeah. that we are in it. People keep putting this off. They keep saying, well, we're heading in the wrong direction. We're in the wrong, we, the direction like that we were heading, we are now in, and it is the wrong direction. And now we're in the wrong destination. Sure. Yeah. It's good. Sorry. I needed to yeah. cut you off because it's no, just like, good. I think that's a really important that you, it sort of goes back to like sort of the 12 steps program. You gotta, you gotta first acknowledge <laughs> you got a problem, it. you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, and, and again, I think it, it comes from this idea that persecution just looks different. Um, and and if, if that's if that's a perception, then we're going to be blindsided when it actually hits us. And it's already hit us mm -hmm. um, like like you were like you were saying. Um, and I think all of this really it, it can also go back to what we were talking about. Just just there, there's there's no understanding of, of the roots mm -hmm. of of, of history and history in, in the world, history in, in our country, history, um, in, uh, um, in, in, in Israel, history within the, the text of, of, of that is scripture, right? We just mm -hmm. don't understand it. Um, we read it and, 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 and we don't understand the context. So I think that there's, I think that you said something on, I don't know if it was a podcast or, uh, you quoted it on, on your, on your, timeline or you posted it not not quoted it but i couldn't find the actual quote so mm -hmm. um but you said it was something along the lines of bible bible devos are replacing the actual uh, yeah. bible reading right something like that i, I might have butchered it a little bit mm -hmm. um and uh when you said that i was like man that's, that's straight fire right there like mm -hmm. can you i mean I don't, I don't know that you need to expound much on it but um go go, go into that a little bit bible yeah. devos are replacing actual bible reading yeah well, what I was trying to say is Bible, biblical devotions, they're fine. They're good. Mm -hmm. But they should never replace the Bible itself. Yeah. Because Bible devotions, daily devotions, are based on a scripture or a couple of scriptures. And typically they're there to encourage you. Brighten your day. Sure. <laughs> Let you know that you can move on. You yes. can, you know, you'll you'll make it. You will live. You know, you will succeed. You will. And it's just like, yes and no. Mm -hmm. You need the Bible. Yeah. You need to read the scriptures that you're not going to find in your daily devotion. Absolutely not. <laughs> you, you're not gonna. You're not gonna read. You know. About I don't even want to mention some of the things, but and that's why. Well, people are appalled when they actually when those, those verses or mm -hmm. passages of scripture are presented to them. They don't know what to do with it. Yeah, they're like, what? What? What, what is this? And they yeah. have a, a plethora of questions because they have this very Pinterest-like Christianity where they yeah. just they just post the you know the, the feel good stuff. Yeah, and it's the feel good stuff that um, 
kind of fuels this this I, I would say weak Christianity to where we can't we don't have the confidence mm-hmm. to deal with the real stuff because we don't have the the, the basis of uh, we don't understand the foundation right so I'm sorry I, I cut you off there no hey before uh, let's cut each other off <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, this is the thing <clears throat> but that's what I'm saying it's like there are things in the Bible that a lot of people don't really want to engage in yeah um, like it's just it, it it does develop a you remove the masculinity of the Bible. Mm-hmm. I think that is that is probably one of the more powerful things. Like you remove the masculinity, the law, the hardness, the strictness, the boldness of the Bible when you just say, let's make it all happy and and good and encouraging. It's just like mm-hmm. You do that and you develop weak Christians. Yeah. You don't develop disciples. You don't develop people who can stand on their own against the the wrath of non-believers and fellow believers, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that that is that's something that has to be adjusted. I, I like yeah. You have to because one here's here's the danger. The daily devotionals are the Christian's news outlet. Hmm. They are telling you how you should think about certain scriptures. Now, I, I truly believe that commentary yeah. on scripture exposition sure. is very important. There are those who have gone before us who have done incredible works yes, to awesome. enlighten us in this. But each and every time you read a scripture in a daily devotional, it comes with commentary on how you should think about this. And guess what? Now you have somebody replacing your brain mm-hmm. and now they're thinking for you. Right. When you should do both, you yeah. should have that. And then you should also be reading the scripture for yourself and then sitting there and thinking about it mm-hmm. and expounding upon it because it teaches you how to rationalize and think for yourself. If you really truly want to understand human nature, read the book, uh, read in Genesis about the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much all you need to know. You read that and dissect it mentally. Like, what did Adam and Eve do? Okay, what did Adam do wrong? What did Eve do wrong? Who is the serpent? You know, why did God put the freaking tree of an, of of, of <laughs> life of and yeah. then of the knowledge of good and evil right in the middle of the garden? Mm-hmm. Why did he put them right next to each other? And in the middle of the garden. Okay, what does that mean? And you can break it all down. Okay, why did they react that way? And, and does that apply to me? Do I, when I sin, do I hide from God? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I am caught in my sin, do I blame yeah. someone or God? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do I hate the punishment? Yes. Yeah. You want to understand yourself? Read the Garden of Eden story. Yeah. And it explains it so well. And then follow up with the rest of the Bible and understand that the murder, the rape, and the incest that's in there, the despicable things that people did, that's you. That is where you can easily end up if you don't guard your heart. Yeah. Because I think it's what, Jeremiah or Zechariah who said that the heart is deceitful deceitful above all things. Yeah. And... Not just wicked, desperately wicked. Therefore, right. it 
desires to go after wickedness. Yeah, and, but, but we don't know that. People want people want to follow their heart, right? That's God, yes, I know. <laughs> I hate that phrase. Yeah. Like, so let me get this straight. Follow that which is desperately wicked. Yeah. 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 Okay. Like, and, and I had a conversation the other night with family members and the person was like, I just think this person has such a good heart and they come from a, I'm like, no man knows the heart. The scripture says that too. It's yeah. like, and, and who can know it? Like, so I don't know this person's heart. I think you can know a person sure. when you get to know them. But at the same time, I've got people that I've spent countless just hours with. I know that person yeah. so well. But I also leave the option to being surprised. Yeah, that's good. And that's a really good point. Um, man, I, I don't, I don't know what else I could say on that. Except you don't that have to say anything because that was gold. That was just that was great. I'm just going to stop the podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know, I, I think you were talking, and I was, I was, I was thinking about some of these these Bibles that kids read. Right? They're very. I mean, they they they. They don't expose the ugly that is in the Word of God, right? Um, they don't expose a lot of the truth, right? Because the kids, you know, kids are. We, we want to keep them innocent mm-hmm. as long as we can. Um, we don't. We don't want. Uh, you know, I was. I was reading. There was a. There was a, a children's book that left out. You know, the uh, the exchange with Cain and Abel, right? Where you know. Uh, Cain kills his brother right? because that's, that might make a, an awkward conversation, right? Yeah. Before bedtime, especially I, if the kid has I, a brother. I, I, <laughs> yeah. So, um, and, and I think we just a lot of Christians when they grow up, they just become, you know, older versions of that, yeah. where we just we don't go to the the ugly and and uh, we we read the Bible on a topical basis yeah. rather than you know what what's what's there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, give me verses that talk about trusting in God. Give me verses that talk about the love of God for me, yeah. the empowerment, the victory, you know, all that stuff. And, and, and so that, I mean, that's, that's all there and it's, it's, it's true, but there's, there's other stuff in there that we, we uh, are many times not equipped to handle um, because we've never learned it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I really do think that that is part of the, uh, the threat to the church of just not understanding scripture and it's going to create or, or, or keep Christians weak mm-hmm. and, and not, not speaking up, not yeah. speaking out because they're not confident because they never really learned it. Yeah. Right. And all they're going to say, I remember when I was, when I was a kid, before I really got into apologetics, I was maybe 13, 14 years old. I had a conversation with an atheist who really knew his stuff and, and I had no idea what I was, what I was, um, what I was saying. So I just ended the conversation with Jesus loves you. I'm going to pray for you. Right. Um, and that's, that's a very nice little rhetoric there, yeah. but I, I, I missed my opportunity there. Yeah. And I think that there is that threat of missing opportunity um, because we simply just don't have a good foundation. Yeah. Right. Um, and so that's where I really wanted to uh, really shine light on this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, the importance of of really understanding everything that is yeah. how we how we got here, why we got here, why mm-hmm. things are the way that we are. It's not just. It's not just we're here because we're here. It's something led up to it. Um, and I think we just we need to understand that better. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we've been talking for a good while. Yeah. Um, I love it, man. Yeah, great I'll conversation. Be here all day. <laughs> um, I don't know if you want to leave uh, with any final, any final thoughts or mm-hmm. um, 
again, I know you have a lot to say. You're, you're Dustin Bass. Yeah, I do have a lot to yeah. say, and I try to say it as much as possible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think that don't, I guess for, for your listeners, like just don't be afraid to learn. Don't be afraid to read. And I know that's like, duh. Like, well, okay, maybe maybe it's not fear that's keeping you from, from learning. Maybe it's just you feel like you don't have time to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I encourage you to take the time. And if you're like, well, Dustin, I don't really have enough time. Well, on your commute, if there is such a thing anymore in this post-coronavirus world, <laughs> you know, then listen to podcasts of people who know what they're talking about. Oh, how can true. I know? How can I know what they're talking <laughs> yeah, about? Yeah. And I actually had somebody reach out to me on, on, um, on Instagram, on our, on our page. And the person was like, um, is this particular um, historian, author, worth listening to or reading? Get that all the time with, with theologians and commentators. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's good that... Yeah. They're asking. I'm glad they asked. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, well, I know that this person leans this way politically, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they are, that that is really truly influencing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, this person has also come out against this person who is a radical. Uh, so that's good because they're technically on the same side uh, or at least politically. Um, I said, so I think one of the things that you need to do is research the author, but also research the book, like who's, who's reviewing the book. And then also, you know, what is their bibliography or their sources? Like, have they done, does it show that they've done their, their research? And those are, those are little things. But I think at the same time, it's just like a friend of our, a friend of the show, uh, Joe, he always says, you know, don't drink downstream, go to the source. And I think that that is sort of the whole idea behind the uh, daily devotionals. Mm -hmm. Like you're going, you're drinking downstream. You're allowing somebody to uh, sort of commentate on how you think, how you should be thinking about this particular scripture, this Bible. And it's just like, sometimes buddy, that's taken out of context. Yeah. And it's just to make you feel better. And we've got theologians out the wazoo. Like we've got philosophers everywhere because now you can just publish whatever you want to. And like, this is, you know, I, I found, yeah, I found this scripture today. <laughs> like, really? Okay. So that means you've done a lot of yeah. research on it then. It's just like, I found this scripture today and I really think it's going to speak to someone. I'm like, okay, thanks for that. Thank <laughs> you for being encouraging. And look, I don't want to downplay people's encouraging, sure. you know, ideas. But at the same time, it's like the path to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah. So understand that even when you do something good, there could be negative ramifications and I'm not trying to make it to where like people shouldn't do good things, but just like take it upon yourself to go to the sources. Mm -hmm. If you want to know what this country is all about, here's some documents to read, read the declaration of independence, read the constitution, read the bill of rights. There's your basis. And then read the federalist papers that'll give you a really good understanding of why the constitution was made the way it was mm-hmm. because, and then just, I, I don't know, man, just take some time to, to understand what was going on through the minds of 
of the men who were building this country. Mm-hmm. And then from a biblical perspective, the Bible. Read the Bible and then think about what you're reading. Go to the source. And I, I, I think that, that, is, that that's, the, that's the case because if no one is aware of what is happening right now, we're being lied to on the constant. Mm-hmm. There is not a yeah. lot of people that you can trust out there. And so you have to trust God. And here are some of the prayers that I've prayed. I've prayed for God to give me wisdom. Sure, yeah. And I'm not saying that I'm a wise man, but what I'm saying is that I believe that he has at least incrementally provided some of that. Mm -hmm. Pray for wisdom and pray that the Spirit will lead and guide you into all truth. That is the thing. If you know the truth, that's the most important thing that you can ever get. Yeah. Just, and I think, you know, to reference a guy who is politically motivated, Charlie Kirk, he said um, in, a, in a talk with Jack Hibbs out in California, a pastor out in California, mm-hmm. he's like, you know, people tell me all the time, like the left has media, the left has academia, the left has, you know, social media, the left has all of this. And he goes, let them have all of that. Let me have truth and let me be able to speak it. And I think that that sums up what we should be as Christians. Yeah, right. Um, Dustin, this was a great, another great conversation. I always like talking to you and, and, and hearing from you. And there's so much more that I can ask. And um, we'll have to do a part three um, soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I think that's, uh, I think you, you kind of hit the nail on the head right there when you said seek wisdom, you know, ask for wisdom. I think um, people aren't, really seeking wisdom. And when you don't, um, well then you set yourself up for just kind of, you know, partaking things that, that are just there, but aren't really good for your soul, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, and when you, a wise man is going to ask the question, well, is this good? You know, should I do this? Should I, you know, should I, should I post this? Should I, you know, um, should I believe this way? Um, and that's what Solomon did. That's what he asked God. I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many different ways I can go here, but I want to go in the way that 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 you direct me. So yeah. so give me wisdom. Um, so really good point there. Um, well, I think I think that just about does it. Um, <clears throat> again, thank you for being on the show. Uh, where can people find you? You can find us online. Uh, our ups, our website actually just got updated. So uh, yeah, it really shows who we are uh the sons of history.com uh, you can check us out there you can find our podcast on that website or you can just go and check us out pretty much on any podcast platform uh, yeah. apple google stitcher spotify all those places uh you can find us on instagram the sons of history uh you can find us on twitter sons of history and then facebook uh so on thursday night like you mentioned i do a live show uh, it's typically with a another uh, with a guest. Um, we have a conversation about something mm-hmm. uh, happening today, but usually historically related. And then Alan does a Tuesday night show on Facebook. Okay, uh, he does a live presentation. Um, so yeah, it's okay. it's good stuff. We we're staying busy. Yeah, um, and trying to educate people um, as as best we can, and then you got to man encourage people to to go and you know. 
yeah. teach themselves as well. Don't people, rely strictly on us. God people are going to learn something. Yeah, it's just it's just a matter of what they're going to learn and the mm-hmm. quality of of uh, of what they're learning. So, I'm glad um, for for knowing you and 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 for everything that you're doing because it has taught me a lot. Um, and uh, I, I know that, that I know that anyone who listens to your podcast is also going to enjoy it so go do that head over to sons of history podcast and uh uh enjoy and binge and listen and write a review right that's that's like that's gold right. for for us podcasters yeah ratings and reviews that's so. right we we need them we're uh this coming week will be uh 100th episode oh nice okay uh, all right looking forward to it all right dustin uh we'll get out of here man thank you again All right, guys, that was my interview with Dustin Bass. Again, go and check out what he's doing. Check out his podcast, Sons of History, his YouTube channel, Thinking It Through, and uh, just connect with him. He's doing some awesome stuff. Uh, Once again, if you enjoy this content, share it. uh, Write uh, an amazing, incredible, just the best review that you could ever write. Uh, Leave a five-star rating if you enjoyed it. And... um, Uh, That's it. We'll, We'll see you guys next time. God bless you.